voices to play the old school music, which I got a different one, which is even funnier. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, one second. I didn't say no one here. Voices are up. We did have a good night, though. It was a really, really good night. I laughed my ass off. We both did. Yeah, it was fun. I need somebody to bring me a beer. Laugh out hard. I know, right? I don't know. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm gonna do when she uh, when she has to go back home, dude. I'm gonna be fucked. Like, I think. I mean, you might have to get your own beer. I know, right? I know. Well, see, I, <laughs> no, that's what daughters are for. I was doing that thing. I was training my daughters up. So, like, they've been bringing me beer since they were, like, in diapers. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I want to be, like, that old man where, like, my, my, my daughters are grown and they're adults, but they still bring their dad a beer. Yeah. You know? Like, so hopefully. We'll see. We'll, well see. When it's a more acceptable world, maybe I, yeah. instead of a beer, since I don't drink beer. Right. Maybe I'll get, like, a cannabis cookie or something and be like hey can you give me that pack of cookies over there there you go there you go cookies. It, it'll be an accepting world one day one day someday some some states aren't too bad i mean it's it's pretty much just regular regular everything here in colorado like nobody cares anymore like it's not even a it's not even really like a blip on anybody's radar anymore out here so which is which is really odd being active duty and kind of surrounded by all that but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. You guys you guys had a good week? Yes, sir. I had a very good week. I was busy, man. Busy, busy. Had a pretty good had a pretty good weekend. Aside from the fact that I had to get up early this morning to go to the fort just to get my uh second vaccination. So mm. I'm glow in the dark. Not yet. I'm waiting until tomorrow morning. I'm gonna see how I feel tomorrow morning. I which I have to work either way, so it doesn't matter, but if I'm you, curious that everybody says like you, the second one makes you a little sick the uh, second the day after. So I'm I'm curious to see if that's gonna happen to me or not. If you get any powers, I hope you get the one you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a question: Is the it was the shot your choice, or is it mandatory being in the army? I was a, it was volunteer. I was allowed to volunteer for it. So I um. There's a lot. There's actually a lot of people that didn't take it, obviously, um, and, and I and I get it. I understand. You know, it is a vaccination, but they didn't do all the FDA stuff. You know, that it, it was approved on a trial basis through the FDA or like an emergency basis through the FDA instead of a regular, the way a regular vaccination would go, or vaccine, I should say, that's being created. But um, 
I'm I'm comfortable enough. I'm comfortable enough doing it. You know, um, I don't really feel like there's any reason for me not to. So I was like, screw it. Might as well just do it now instead of wait till later and whatever. Like, that was just my personal thing. So when I had the shot, I took it, basically. Right on. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Just, yeah, just I figured better to have that stupid card that says I'm vaccinated than freaking now I can do whatever I want, right? Allegedly. Right? I I hear they're starting to, you know, you can start getting, like, black market uh, vaccination cards now. Oh, nice. Nice. They always find a way. You know what? I should have. There had a whole stack of those, like blank ones, just sitting. I walked in this. I should have stolen that and like started selling like blank vaccination cards for like ten bucks a pop, bro. I would have. I'd be. I don't care if it's a felony, honey. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> no, felony. It's like it's a Tuesday. It's like. <laughs> well, it's felony <laughs> Friday, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I um. I had a, a, you know, you know. I always go through these deep dives every now and then. So I went to this wild musical deep dive this week on Nirvana. Um, I've always loved Nirvana, but it's been a while since I listened to them. And what brought me to them is that I, I may have sent you guys the link. You did. You um, did. I want, I want you to talk about it because yeah, I, so, I, got, I, got I got feelings about that. I got very, like, on the gate feelings about it. So this guy, he AI'd. Um, Four songs. Uh, one I believe was The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, Amy Winehouse, and Nirvana. Yep. And you know, all four tracks sound amazing, and they're all generated by AI. And if you listen to these, you know, some, some, you know, the Amy Winehouse one, you could, you could hear that her voice is a little, you know, note off. Um, yeah. The Nirvana one kind of sounds to me what probably what they would sound like if Kurt Cobain was still alive today. But possible. but the Doors and the Jimi Hendrix ones were so like spot on and fantastic, and it just like when I I was enjoying them, and I'm just like snap out of it. This is this is fucked up. This is this is AI. This is this is this is different. You know, a so, robot made that. A robot made that music. It's so it's so fucking eerie. You know the the whole the whole point of every the whole point of the whole project was to promote uh, suicide in music. Uh, in the music industry uh, where a lot of people died, died younger. And this project was called the, the 27, yeah, the 20 uh, members of the 27 club or something like that. And these four songs are from people who died in the 27. So eerie. I get chills down my spine and and I'm not going to lie. I've listened to the Nirvana song maybe like a hundred (laughs) times because it just sounds so goddamn accurate to maybe what's something he would fucking write. And it's like, Oh shit, this is, this is this is wild, you know. We we dived into the whole metaverse thing, so mm-hmm. this I feel like this kind of fits in, and it, it, it's fucking weird, you know. So now, is the music industry going to capitalize on this? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. That's that's way more Sean's Sean's lane than mine. I think that uh, a couple of things. There's a lot of lawsuits that could come out of something like that if the music industry did try to. I mean. A lot of these, um, a lot of these musicians that died so long ago, like their families have their estates and they make money off of the radio play and the wag and all the stuff that, you know, the Jimi Hendrix shit. The Hendrix family are, uh, they. I I have a friend that tried to um, 
got to cover one of the Jimmy songs on his album. And so he contacted the family and they wanted an ungodly amount of money um, for someone to cover one Just for of a the cover really song. obscure. And it, was, it wasn't a popular one. It was an obscure Hendrix song. Um, so, yeah, but with the metaverse, if <laughs> this music is being generated and not created, and we've got that, uh, what is the... The software that you can make it look like somebody's saying whatever they're saying. Like a deep fake? Yeah, so deep fakes, and now we're yep. generating music from people that don't exist anymore. Uh-huh. Or how, about weird, that, how about just the fact that that program was written and coded in such a way that it was able to take a sample of like 30 different songs from that artist and write its own along with lyrics? Yeah. You know, like yeah. That, that's, that's a little spooky. That is a little spooky. It's Skynet. Yeah, just a, it might as well be. Skynet. It might as well be. Holy crap! Hope yeah. I'm hope I'm not on anybody's list. Yeah, right. Yeah, machines. Yeah. Are, they're it, gonna go live, man. It, it's just yeah. it's just fucked up because you get that like gullible excitement, and then it's just like, oh fuck, this isn't yeah. this isn't right. This is I'm buying. Right. I'm, I'm buying into some serious bullshit right now. It's like, you when, know, like, it's like when they put <laughs> Tupac into a fucking hologram a couple years ago on yeah. Coachella. That was weird. Uh, that it was it weird. fucking was. Like it was super weird. It, it's it, that kind of stuff is always weird. It's it's like that's the stuff we would watching science fiction movies about when we were you know like Total was not Total Recall. Um, the Running Man with with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah. They had a whole part of that movie was about you know deep fakes and faking footage and like having it look real and all that other stuff and it's like it's in there. That's exactly what they're doing. Like and now, what do we believe? Right. Go ahead, Sean. Remember, remember when Brandon Lee died making The Crow and they mm -hmm. finished the movie without him? Yep, and they had to like superimpose his face. Yeah, like, that was like. Yeah. That was the humble beginnings of this type of stuff, but they still managed to pull it off. A lot of people they didn't did. Know. It, and that, that's to this day one of my favorite movies. It's a great, it's a great fucking movie, you know. But it's like, yeah, like the man died while filming. In any other era, that would have been it. You know, filming probably would have stopped, or they would have had to get a replacement to take over that role. And they said, "No, nah, we're we've already got enough footage, and we'll we'll make it work." And that's exactly what they did. They finished the movie without him, and they released it. Obviously, you know, um, in in his in his memory. And it was a great fucking movie, but holy crap! Like that, you're you're right. That was the first. Now that I'm thinking about it, Sean, that probably was the first or one of the first movies that like really like ever even attempted to do anything like that. And it was because he died. You yeah. know, I, I I'm trying to think of a. We had Terminator Two, which you know obviously all the special effects in Terminator Two. That was 1990, 1991, 92. I think. Ninety two. It came out ninety two. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so Terminator 2 was up there, and then just a couple short years later, they were doing stuff like that with Brandon Lee. So mm -hmm. I was still I was still mid-90s, you know the, what I mean? Look at the recent Star Wars movies, what they did with uh, Carrie Fisher. You know, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of it was like, you know, recycled old footage, but a lot of it was also, was also digital, you know? So yeah. this, is, you know, this, is, this isn't a new thing, so I, it might not be the last time we see this. And if this guy... I'm sure it's not going to be. I'm curious to see if this guy's going to continue with more with more of this music. The, the Nirvana song, I thought was... In my opinion, the Nirvana song was the best. Um, 
and the the lyrics to the door song sounded like fucking Jim. It what did like the 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 singer didn't really sound quite like Jim Morrison. Like he was he was like Morrison esque, but not it. Well, you could tell it wasn't him. But the lyrics sounded like Morrison wrote them, and that was what kind of creeped me out. I was like, did a, a fucking machine come up with these lyrics? Because all it did was take a, a sample of like thirty songs from each of those artists, and then created its own fucking song like yeah and the the lyrics to the doors one were really really haunting and it was like dude like a fucking machine do that like because this is like that sounds like jim morrison would have wrote this you know what i mean like yeah yeah and the, and the nirvana song was like a good song it was just a good song by itself like yeah drowned in the sun it's like it's it's just so cobainish it's you know drowned in the sun yep you know, it's and and you know because I I dove into some stuff and the very last song that they had, you know, you're right, which is actually my favorite Nirvana song. I like that song. Yeah. I yeah, it's a good song. And what's it? Uh, Dave Grohl was talking about how it was so. It's hard for him to listen to that song because that song is like speaking all the truths that they were going through. Like I just found out this week that Unplugged was their very last show and that they were already broken up when they did Unplugged. What? Yeah. They can, there's, there's a lot of stuff that they kept under the radar for, for a lot of years after, after Cobain committed suicide because of how he died, basically. And they didn't want to besmirch his name pretty much any more than it already was, right? Yeah. But the, dude, the dude had a lot of problems with drugs and heroin in, sp- in particular, but and he seemed like completely batshit crazy and wife. He, and, he and then started, it seemed he like he started getting a little greedy, too, because he... Wanted yeah. a lot of copyright shares as well. Well, well, and and to be and to be fair to to Kurt Cobain's credit, he did write lyrically. He wrote pretty much almost everything. But Dave Grohl and um, Kurt um, Novoselic. Thank you, Novoselic. Yeah, thank you. Um, they were ready. They were making the music too. So it's like, are we the Three Musketeers or is it Kurt Cobain and his two homies? Well, dude, that, is, that has been like the oldest argument that has gone on within bands since bands have been bands and so you've got one you've got mostly you don't have a band like the eagles where there's everybody's a songwriter and everybody's a singer you've got one guy that writes the songs that comes up with the chord progression that writes the lyrics that comes up with the vocal melody and then you've got the musicians in the band the other musicians i should say right and everybody wants an equal stake but that singer is doing most of the work Right. You know? right, and some people are like, "Hey, we're doing it. We're splitting it equal." Uh, but some some people want that money. A really good example of how that went bad is there's a a band from like the '60s called The Band, and yeah. uh, they wrote a lot of amazing music. They did. They got the the drummer was from the South in America, and the guitar player, his name is Robbie Robertson, is from mm-hmm. Canada. And he was obsessed with the South. He thought it was the most awesome sort of uh, almost fictional wonderland or whatever with railroad, you know, people jumping railroads and, and you know, like uh-huh. all the stuff that went on. So the drummer would tell the stories about the South, of growing up in the South, the Deep South, and, and Robbie Robertson would write songs about it. Well, he got most of the money and the copyright and all that stuff. And the drummer then afterwards tried to sue so he could get some of the royalties as well, but he didn't write the songs. 
he just played the drums and sang a little bit. Sang a lot, actually. He's a real good, real good singer. But the writer, the writer gets the money, man. Yeah, that's and that that's 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 for the, for the most part that's the reality. But and then when you have these hyper talented people that are just insanely, you know, focused and 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 single minded about their pursuing pursuing their dream, basically like becoming a rock star, becoming a, you know a famous musician, whatever. You're gonna end up having a clash of egos eventually, yeah. you know. And as and as much as as much as Kurt Cobain became kind of like an icon for the '90s uh, generation, um, you know, people forget even even the grunge guys have egos. You know what I mean? Like just just because they're they're singing about you know being against the man and not selling out and you know staying humble, basically, like or whatever, that doesn't mean they don't have egos at all. You know what I mean? Like it'd be it'd be you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find. You know, well, most of the grunge guys don't fucking aren't around anymore today, anyways. But no. you know, but, we, but I mean, go you know, go 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 talk to you know, yeah. Pearl Jam made it all the way. Everybody's actually, alive. Everybody's clean. I think. I, I think that's the. I think they're the only grunge band that probably survived the '90s. Like, I'm struggling to think of another one. Like, there's still people from the '90s that make music, but as far as like a band that is still together, I mean, you got like fucking Tool. From the '90s, but they weren't grunge. Obviously, they weren't grunge. Pop and you've got, you got, yeah, yeah. They, oh, they were the tail end though. That, like when I say '90s, I'm talking oh, yeah, like yeah. probably like like time frame of like 1992 to like 1997. You know, like none of those bands exist anymore. They're all gone. Um, here's like, a, here's an interesting fact about Nirvana. Um, they actually had a member who played guitar for them. They had a second guitar player that, named, right? J, yep, named Jason Mark Everman. Oh. Um, yep. So he he actually yeah. served in the U.S. Army from 1994 to 2006. Uh, he was an Army Ranger and a Green Beret and served in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah, and yeah. what band from? He he's uh, he was he played in Nirvana in the early days. He also and, played in Soundgarden yep. uh, very briefly. And wow. it, John, that always that always reminds me of a joke. Like, what do you what do you call a guy who played in Nirvana and Soundgarden? And quit the bands to go be an army ranger and, and a green beret. A fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually oh, a good man. fucking joke. Actually, yeah, I made it. That's actually yeah. a good fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. He, he actually he plays guitar in a military veteran band called Silence yeah, of Light. I no, real real talk. The, dude, the, the the dude's a fucking badass, and obviously he's obviously again hyper talented. So he could have been in a rock and roll band and made it, or he went to the fucking Ranger Battalion and then Special Forces later on, fucking made it there, and he's still uh, serving his community, obviously by doing, by making music and 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 playing shows now. So good, absolutely good on that guy. Good on that guy. I love how his Wikipedia says Allegiance, the United States of America. I love it. Allegiance. Oh, yeah, Allegiance. Yeah. That that changed recently. I don't know when that changed, but I noticed that like. I don't know how long ago it was, but instead of saying like country of origin or country or whatever, it just says allegiance. Yeah. Like who are you? Like what? What does that mean? Like who? Who I'm aligned with? Like that? That's I'm, I'm American. God damn it! Like like I don't get it. It's your allegiance. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can't play um, anymore, but you can proclaim your allegiance. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so <it>. so um <laughs> we we always make jokes to our our you know. Our devil dog brothers about eating crayons but now right. 
you could eat <laughs> your own crayons. What? Uh, there, like, uh, what do you mean? So there is a way, if you can check it out right now, if you go on the website, crayonsreadytoeat.com. <laughs> see if I can pull it up right here. Finger capture. Right, here we go. So crayons ready to eat. I I I just found it today, and I'm dying because it's it's like it's all it's all the jokes. I'm trying not to block anyone here. <laughs> oh, you're good. Wow. So you so, can actually crayons. Yeah. So look look at this shit. It it is in the a bag. It's it's in an MRE bag, and it's called CRE. Right. Um, over, over here, they even have like a crowdfunding thermometer. It looks like they're trying to get to seventy five thousand. Which you know, guys, this is a this is a veteran old company. Check them out. You know, if you want to eat your own crayons, let let's do it. But they have let's see. Let's check out their shop here real quick. So their shop, <laughs> they got a lot of stuff. Uh, a was, certified. Oh, Certified crayon eater vinyl sticker. Oh come on, dude! Uh, crayon eater e gift coin. <laughs> Crayons ready to eat by the case, and ready to eat single patches, single pouches. Mm. This this is insane. Now now I also want to say this is not a sponsorship. This is not some kind of affiliation. I'm <laughs> this. I I just find this to be one of the, the funniest things in the world. And there are the crayons right there. I mean, that was a good. That was a good find. Uh, what, are they, what are they? What are they? What are the crayons? I, oh, but look at this picture with uh, it's bit. The crayons are bit. Oh god, damn! And they write so the crayons actually work, but you can eat them, like the certified mongoloid that you are, right? <laughs> like, so I'm trying to. Now I've seen it all. Right, now I've seen. It all. Here we go. Ingredients: uh, white chocolate. Uh, sugar, hydrogen, hydrogen, hydrogenated palm kernel oil, hydrogenated palm, yeah. palm kernel oil, whey powder, whole milk. It's all it's all stuff that you know, good or bad, you yeah. still put it in your body. But you know, it's it's hey, good. It's it's completely edible. Warning: Please enjoy. We want you to remind you not to eat real crayons. We do not promote <laughs> eating them. <laughs> Some of the ingredients. You gotta are say it. You have yeah, and it, it, it's it's unfortunate that you have to say it. Some of the, the ingredients funny, can stay. The really funny clothes. part is, the really funny part is, actual crayons are non toxic because a lot of small children will eat them. So crayons are non toxic to begin with. They're not really meant to be ate, but they are non toxic. So oh, how about a, that? Isn't it one last thing? Please don't let your pets eat these. We all oh. know chocolate oh. is not safe for your pets. Right. So. Give them real crayons. <laughs> <laughs> non toxic. They'll be fine with that. But yeah, you know, I think this is I think this is fucking cool. I think it's a great way, you know, I it's a you know, a great gag gift to give to I mean my brother's a marine. I'm a, I'm probably one day gonna buy these and send these to him. And there you go. let's see who we are. Who I mean it's already like it's already like what, mid April almost? Yeah, it's almost mid-April already. I mean, we're going to blink our eyes and Christmas is going to be here again. So This is true. I might as well start planning now, right? Yeah, so the guy was a woodworker. But, yeah, you know, um, he went from he's from Ohio. So I'm going to try, 
you know, I'm going to try to contact this dude. Maybe we could figure something out. Maybe he will sponsor the that, show. That, we, uh, that, that, that is impressive. Crayon's ready to eat. Was that, uh, was that sponsorship thing we talked about earlier? Is that something you wanted to talk about here, John? We'll or talk, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk offline about it. But, okay. okay. Uh, I haven't seen it. You know, he usually comes and shows, baby, you want, you want? Did you see what, uh, did you see what Nichelle put in the comments about the, uh, the candy cigarettes? They can be like used back- as emergency candles. Yeah, I used to, uh, I used to do the candy cigarettes, man, when I was a kid. Yeah. Cigarettes yeah. are big league chew. Yep. And it, it, it's, it's, it's shocking nowadays to think that they let, you know, pr- candy producers, I guess, kind of get away with marketing yeah. echo like that. But it, it was a real thing. Like in the 80s, like, you you know, when you went to the ice cream, man, you could get candy cigarettes and you could get <laughs> big league chew at the at the corner store, yeah. you know, and, and, and put a big old honking water like gum in your mouth and act like act like you were using spitting tobacco. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, good golly, man. Like, we've come a long way, Sean. We've come a long way. <laughs> I think it's tobacco, speaking of which. You're getting props for the logo. I see. Thank you. Thank you. I'm seeing everything now. Yeah. I think uh, we'll, we will. New look. We, we will be. I see what you're saying, Myers. We, that's, been, that's been a conversation literally all day. We will. We'll, What's that? The Discord. Oh. We've literally yeah, yeah, yeah. we've literally been talking about it all day, Myers. We will we'll get back yep. to y'all on that. And um, I just want to say, speaking of veteran-owned companies, before we get into other shenanigans for the rest of the show, um, I got a friend of mine. Better, you know, we're speaking about veteran-owned companies. I just want to shout out uh, my boy from Blaze Online, who uh, he he runs. Veteran-owned and operated, Blaze Online provides only the highest quality, federally legal, hemp-derived Delta-8 THC products on, online to participating states with special offer to our local communities. Good for him. Uh, Good for him. This, is, this is probably one of the greatest you know, pro- things I've ever seen him do. I actually grew up with the guy, so I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I've tried his gummies the other day. I love them. I'm going to try another one right now. Are these are these gummies just like you said? It's Delta Eight, right? And I'm pretty like what the active one is Delta Nine, right? Yes. What's so? What's the difference between Delta Eight and Delta Nine? Then, like, do you not get high, or like, does it just make your body feel good, or like, like what, like what is it? Like, so on the bottle here, man, that's good. It's, uh, <laughs> less than thirty percent Delta Nine. So I've been having the gummies, and the thing that's making making me feel, it's more relaxed. My body feels like it's in like a like a euphoric wavy motion. Perfect. I'm so fucked up, dude. Dude, perfect to have when you're going to sleep. And I took Sounds two. Like, and I took two. And I took two of them. I took two of them before I went to bed. And I spoke to and I spoke to the one of the one of the CEOs and I told him this is some good stuff. So good for you. Hopefully, we're gonna have you on the show soon to talk about. Your company, veteran stuff. Which actually, if any of you guys here are watching, I would like that. We if you we haven't a had company, a guest. Yeah, if you yeah. if you have a company, hit us up. We'll bring you on. Let's talk about it. Yeah, what absolutely. do you got? Absolutely, hundred percent. Do you make T-shirts? Do you make plastic mm-hmm. bags? <laughs> do you make cakes? 
what are you doing? We want to know. The butcher, the baker, the gin, the candlestick maker. Like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> oh man, if, oh. If, if anybody, if we got any candle makers, let me know. Oh, I guarantee, I guarantee they're out there. Like, we got, we got 517 members right now, which, you know, when you, you go back to just a short year ago, I'm talking like literally like a year, a year plus maybe like 30, 30 or 40 days. So like maybe about 13 months ago, we had like less than 30. Yeah. So in like a little bit over a year, we have literally like just exploded in size as far as like how many people, and I guarantee you, we've got people out there that know how to make candles or that have done it. I guarantee you there's going to be at least one or, or they're going to have like their, uh, their, their, their cousin is like a hippie, you know, back in like, you know, whatever part of California. Right. And they know how to do it. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like, well, I hope somebody can, because, uh, have you ever seen those, uh, pipe tobacco scented candles? Oh man. I oh, love pipe. Wait, pipe, pipe tobacco pipe. scented candles. Pipe tobacco scented. Yeah. Pipe yeah. tobacco. Pipe tobacco, contrary to prior belief, like pipe tobacco actually smells really, really good when it's burned. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, when you talk about That's natural, you when you talk about like natural, yeah. like you know, premium tobacco, which um, yeah, like out of like a mahogany pipe, you know what I mean? Like yeah, a regular. We, we actually have a, a DD two fourteen member who's like, uh, I mean, I would say he's like the cigar aficionado of the group, and he actually runs a, a group. He's a coasty. I'll have to ask him about that stuff because he's very. You should. You know, he's very. He's. You know, I've. I've always wanted. I've always wanted to. I probably have one or two cigars in my life. I've always wanted to like. You know, when, when we had Mike J on the show, uh huh, he was saying yep. that he. One of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life was that he said he would dip his cigar into his cognac or whatever it was that he was having. Right. Yeah. I. I. I never heard of it's anything like that before. Well, and it. There's different, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not as plussed up on it, very much more than you are, John. Other than I've probably smoked a few more cigars in my day, but I will tell you, like my my biggest problem and the reason I never really got into cigars or pipe pipe smoking, was because I tend to just fucking inhale everything, and you're not <laughs> supposed to. Yeah. Like 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 you are not supposed to inhale cigar smoke. You're not supposed to inhale pipe smoke, and I take everything downtown. Like, if it's in my mouth, it's going in my lungs. Okay. Like that's it. Like I. And then blow it right back out. It doesn't. No, I swallowed the homies goodnight. Right, so <laughs> he knew it was coming. Sean, yeah, he, Sean saw the setup. You, you know, Sean he, saw the setup for that. He know, totally saw the setup. He saw that coming a mile away, dude. You know what's funny too? How like you were talking about a couple weeks ago about like that fucking pouch tobacco stuff that is like spitless. But like when I like, I think it, oh it's god, right like it's so crazy because like I've night. seen I've seen people like swallow their tobacco spit. But then again, yeah, like, actually, then again yeah, I've, like, seen, I've seen yeah, people like, drink long water too. Yeah, how they do, I yeah, I I don't know how they do that, and it's it's terrible for your esophagus to do that. Like you're you're it's you're swallowing like what what amounts to over over time is what amounts Damn. to a fucking acid. You're, you're literally swallowing acid, and then yeah. it's like it's like when you get uh, you ever have like a chest pain the next day after you like drank too much and threw up the night before because you were throwing uh, up. Wild? Never thrown up. Yeah, because you were throwing up, you were throwing up all your fucking bile. You're throwing up all that fucking stomach acid. Sean would have no fucks, fucks your goddamn that. esophagus up. That's right. <laughs> that's that's why a lot of that's why a lot of dudes that, that uh, chew for so long and so many years end up with fucking you know mouth and throat throat cancer. 
because they fucking swallow that bullshit and it fucks, like, fucks their esophagus up. Like she said, you're literally swallowing cancer. Yeah. That's correct. You're, that's basically what you're doing. Like, so you're swallowing the hobies and you're swallowing the cancer. You, 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 you live life to the fullest, bro. So are you washing down the hobies? Are you washing down the cancer? <laughs> Both. <laughs> twenty bucks is twenty bucks, bro. <laughs> Come on, I don't ask questions. I don't, I, I don't ask questions. You're gonna have to. I just, add, I just make sure you're gonna have to add COVID <laughs> taxes to that now. I'd like I to hear got, more. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm full of COVID too, so. <laughs> I'd like to hear more about that cigar guy. I've had uh, I've had one Cuban cigar, and I got it in Afghanistan of all places. Because uh, it was legal there. I had a dude, uh, he was the dude who knows how to get things type of guy. His name was Anatoly Kolomiets. <laughs> what country was he from? Ukraine. Uh, and he yeah, was, I was all, say. He's one of the few guys I'm still in contact with from uh, from my time in. So, uh, anyway, all of a sudden, man, we're back in Bagram waiting for our date to go back home and just mm-hmm. sitting around in PT shorts and bullshit and uh he busts out the uh the cubans so i was like man this is gonna be awesome light that thing up and i was not impressed man i don't know if i think like a lot of any generic cuban <laughs> or what but are, are, I, th- are, I think cubans well, are illegal again aren't they no they, no, they used to be they're 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 no longer we lived oh, we, we finally lived, we finally I, lifted the embargo i don't know how many years ago it was it, but Obama in shots in Sean's time, it was the, the embargo was still on. Yeah, I yeah. and I, think, I, I thought I think I thought a lot of the I thought something had happened recently. I don't know why I thought that. Well, well, it's like anything else. A lot of the mystique with Cuban cigars is just the fact that they were illegal. So they could have been the worst cigars in the world, cigar, but you call them a Cuban cigar. cigar you get you know you, you call you call it illegal, and all of a sudden it becomes a hot a hot commodity, right? Because they were illegal, so. I think I want to I get um, some pipe smoking. I think you know, like the cherry tobacco. I can see, yeah. I can, I can see smoking a pipe. Get one of them cool ones that come down like this and then go out. Yeah, yeah the mahogany. Yeah, the mahogany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I mean, uh, in my wayward youth, I may, I might, I may have seen a few of those types of devices before, but uh, right, right. I don't think, I don't think tobacco was being smoked out of them. So, oh, <laughs> huh. weird. Fancy that. <laughs> This is what we get for growing up in the 90s, Sean. <laughs> it was the best time. I loved it. Great music. <laughs> Great. I thought I thought I thought we were gonna miss out because you know we were we were growing up in the shadow of like the 60s and the 70s, you yeah. know, with music and you know, I grew up I grew up listening to well re- really all music, but um classic rock was just my staple for the longest time, even kind of to this day. Classic rock has always been my staple. I'm like, man, like, how is how is how is how is my decade ever going to compare? And you know, now with hindsight being 2020, like 30 years later, the 90s weren't that bad. Like, we did we did pretty fucking good for ourselves. Like, that was our that was our decade, and the 90s were fucking badass. We had great music. We had a fairly stable economy. You know, overall. And being being a teenager in that time was like pretty. It, it was something else. It was something else. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. The uh, God, I think I was maybe in seventh grade when uh, the hell's his name Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction put together the first Lollapalooza. Right. And it, like right. 
what one show with all these bands are you kidding me right Man. and now Ooh. and now it's like the fucking standard right like if, if you don't yeah. if, you're, if you're not seeing like 10 gigantor mega badass bands the, the show sucked right like well, right now nobody's seeing shit <laughs> <laughs> point <Yeah. laughs> duly <noted. laughs> i could i will concede that point <laughs> oh guess what guess what oh my god so speaking uh-huh. of shows Speaking of shows, so I have to t- I have to relate this to you because I, I did have a good week, and because I just remembered that my my lovely lady did this for me. I have tickets to uh, Red Rock Amphitheater on April twenty third, or excuse me, June twenty third on June twenty third uh, to see a show. The funny part about this show is the bands you probably might you might not recognize the name of, which is fine. But there's a band called Calexico, and they're Kind of Tucson based, but they did like the college circuit back in like the the nineties and early two thousands, mm. and but they were like a Tucson based band, and I still to this day listen to their music to like remind me of Tucson. If I get homesick for Tucson, I'll I'll play their shit, and I've been rocking it lately. And then there's a country singer of all, believe it or not, Jay likes country, right? But her name is Neko Case, and she's actually been blacklisted at the Grand Ole Opry. I'm familiar with her, but. She's she's got a very country sound, but her lyrical content is not country. So if that makes sense, so all of her sound, like they got slide guitars and acoustics and all that, but lyrically she doesn't really sing about country stuff. Yeah. Anyways, I saw Neko Case open up for Calexico in two thousand one in a tiny little like shit stained art gallery in Tucson, Arizona, like downtown Tucson, right where like you hear like the coyotes howling and like gunshots going off, right? Yeah, and now in 2021, 20 years later, I get to see Calexico open up for Neko Case at Red Rock Amphitheater in fucking Colorado, dude, in Denver, Colorado. And like, dude, that's you want to talk about coming full circle, dude? Like, holy shit! I'll to John, I'll tag you in some of the some of their stuff. Like, it's both both artists are are kind of equal in my in my mind. It's it's but they're both really good, and to be able to see them play in like the 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 greatest like concert arena like in the history of man like red there there was an award they used to give every year for the the best concert venue you know like nationwide worldwide whatever yeah after fucking red rock won it like nine years in a row they disqualified red rock from ever being part of it again but they named the award after red rock (laughs) after red rocks like so so it's it's the red rocks award now basically because nobody else was gonna beat it you know what i mean like it's and I've seen I've seen one show there so far, and it is an amazing amphitheater. It is an amazing, like just natural, uh, naturally acoustically like aligned. Yeah, you know I, I, it's on my list, it's on my bucket list, man. I want to go to Bro, see at the Red Rocks. If you walk all the way up the stairs, you know, at you, when you kind of get to the top and you turn around to see the stage, you can see the lights of Denver over the stage. Oh wow! Because you're you're basically in the foothills of a mountain. But there are these gigantic red rocks, like just pillars of rock coming out of the ground around you, and it created it creates a natural amphitheater. So the sound is just it's an experience. Like dig, fuck fuck who fuck whoever you're seeing play play you know music that night. Just being in that arena is you know amazing because it's all natural. They've obviously got you know seats built in or you know like uh, benches wooden benches and stuff built in but for the most part it's all natural like that's you, you know 
you're you're walk you walk up a hill basically to get yeah. to the to the seating area. You know where 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 the people are playing. So it's 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 something else. It's something else. So, so yeah, John, you're muted. John, you're muted. That reminds me of like a lot of the places I used to like because I went to Ozfest from like 2000 all the way to 2007, yeah. six, something like that. So a lot of like. A lot of the venues that they would choose to go to, like in 2005, I went to Virginia for Oz. I actually went to Ozfest twice that year. I went to Virginia and New York for that one. And um, it was actually great because I got to see Norma Jean and System of a Down and Black Sabbath, which was... I used to have Norm- I used to have a Norma Jean album. I know who that is. Yeah, that, and that was really cool because I got... I, man, I'm a lot of those places are like amphitheater. Like every Ozfest that you go to, like I remember seeing... Um, I remember my personally my favorite one, two thousand one, where you had Papa Roach and Lincoln Park and Static X and Biscuit and Orgy and it, 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 you know a lot of those places are like amphitheater like and the PNC yep. Bank Arts Center is exactly like that except it's obviously it's, it's built but fuck you know God I miss concerts man I know, I miss I know. The concerts. they're coming back they're coming back and I got I got my vaccination card so. My God, on June twenty third. All right, I'm going to see. I'm going to see. Neko, I'm going to see Neko Case and Calexico. John, like, go ahead. John, Jay's going to be walking around like that scene in uh, Wayne's World where they got the MVP passes. Yeah, I got my COVID, COVID vaccine. Vaccine. COVID vaccine. Where's the Where's the VIP section for the for the vaccinated? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not I've always wanted a, a baseball style jersey that just says Tucson across the front because, like, I have a tattoo that represents Tucson and me, but it doesn't like say Tucson or anything. Because Tucson really is kind of where I cut my teeth. I was born in Kansas City, but I spent twenty five of my first twenty nine years in in Tucson, Arizona. So, uh, hypodermic needle? No, no, thank you. No, oh, no. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what was uh... no. I've always wanted to get like a baseball jersey just to rock Tucson, but I have a feeling if I make a, if I can get a jersey made and sent and shipped to my house before June, like I'll fucking wear that shit. I'll just go stand in front of the fucking stage and just fucking hold my shit up because like because they're Neko Neko Case is not from Tucson, but she spent a lot of time there. And Calexico, they're like they're also not from there, but they also spent like a, a metric shit ton of time there. Like when they were doing the college circuit, the U of A was like their home base, basically. Like. So like they're big and they're they're big in Tucson, right? So that's like, and both of both of those groups spent a lot of time in Tucson. So I think it'd be funny to be like the Tucson guy at their concert. You know, when I saw him twenty years ago in like a 30, 30 by thirty like art gallery, I like I sh- it was it was like there was no seats. It was literally like just standing room only, and there was probably sixty or seventy people packed into this little tiny art gallery to watch Neko Case and and Calexico play. Like, and I'll never forget that. Like, I, you know, I went, I went up to Miss Case after the show. I was like, it was one of those plays. You could just walk up to him, you know, and like, th- thank, thanked her. Like, really liked her music. Like, it was, a, it's a, her style of country is a throwback. It's not country you would hear on the radio today. It's, it's a throwback to like that old school kind of like they got the twang, they got the slide guitars. You know, like, she's an amazing artist. So, right on. Hey, if you guys hear the the puppy whining outside my bedroom door, I apologize. <laughs> I haven't heard him yet. Yeah, so um, about the time that Ozfest was going on, Jay, you may be familiar with the radio station up in uh, in the Phoenix area. It's ninety eight KUPD was the station. 
and it was like the the hard i would say it was the hard rock station after um azrx went off the air um kzrx yeah. played the hard stuff their motto was get hard arizona you know but yep. when they, yep. when they got shut down then it was kupd that kind of stepped up and was playing all the rock well they put together um because like i said it's kupd and on their um on their promos and stuff they would say 98 k u pd like you know it's like this big booming like yeah. whatever mm-hmm. so they did u fest uh and u fest was fucking cool man i mean ozfest had all the big time hard bands and some of mm-hmm. the cool not so big time bands but uh u fest man it was like if you just listen to the radio station for two hours it's all those bands like that right whoever was on the radio at that time they managed to get them all and it was fucking phenomenal until 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 uh i think his name was chino marino from deftones yeah uh, incited a riot chino yeah the whole place nuts uh i actually i remember reading about that it was kind of known for being a little bit well it it was fucked up man i'll tell you what was going on so I was about. You, so so gra- you, you were at that show. Yeah, I was at that show. Yeah, me and my friends, <laughs> we all got tickets. So it was um, the grass section was behind us, and we were in the first seating section. You know that you know that you could afford or whatever. And man, security was was being real uh, shitty with all the kids. Man, they. Got somebody would try to jump on whatever, and instead of like you know blocking them and telling them to get back or whatever, they would run and grab them and like body slam them onto the concrete. And it was like, and they were laughing about it. It was like a game. They were they were seeing who could fuck up the teenagers. You know? And these were like big tattooed dudes, yeah, men. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Oh shit, you got it, John. Yeah, yep. I was in that crowd. So right. what happened? What led to this is. Uh, everybody was getting pissed at these uh, at these security guards, and they started throwing their water bottles. Well, the soundboard is like in the middle of the crowd under a tent, right? And so some of the water bottles were landing there, and then the the somebody had to come out. One of the disc jockeys came out on stage in between bands and reminded everybody that water and electricity is bad, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, right. But that pissed everybody off because it wasn't. You know, we weren't just throwing shit. It was, we were getting fucked up by these security guards. And when Deftones came out, he knew what was going on and he saw what was going on. And he, he called those security guards out and he goes, you know what? Actually, I want everybody back there in the grass right now to come down here. And it was a sea of kids that just started coming, pouring over this fence. Everybody was excited. That's fairgrounds, too. That's not, that's not a concert hall. That's a fairground right there. That's a lot well, it of was people. A, um, it was Is that Desert Sky? It was Blockbuster Pavilion. Desert yeah. Sky. Yeah, Desert yeah. Sky Pavilion in Phoenix. Yep. Yeah, I know. Yeah. My, my first concert was, uh, I saw, it wasn't called OzFest at the time, but I saw Ozzy Osbourne in 1995 uh, yeah. at Desert Sky. And I've seen Tool at Desert Sky a couple times. So Dude, that's I saw fucking- I saw Ozzy there in '95. I bet we were at the same show. Oh, uh, was it? Was it? Was it the makeup show? Because M- Manson was supposed to be there, but he didn't make the second one. It was a. Uh, who was it? Um, God damn it! Oh my God. Ozzy Osbourne, Marilyn Manson, and how am I forgetting this band? This it's a metal band. How am I forgetting their name? 
Yeah, oh, I'm so I'm oh, so disappointed. I don't remember who else was there. Oh no, it was a uh, Rammstein was there. Rammstein, they play fucking an amazing uh, show. Oh, dude, they always have like and oh and Bell and by the way, back and back in the nineties, yeah. it was like you know, the the two best stage shows was fucking Rammstein if you like them or ICP if you like them. I I have because outside disagree. of that, I have to disagree. In, oh. in 1999, or maybe it was 2000, um, Limp Biscuit went on tour with Eminem and um, Papa Roach, an exhibit for the Anger Management Tour. And if you look at the, the set uh, around that time, uh, Significant Other just came out for Limp Biscuit, so they were in the peak of their career. Their shows, right. had, they had Transformers on their fucking stage. And they huh. were, they were, you know, they were killing it. Was, it. They were fucking well, that, that was, with, with stage presence. Well, that was late. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of slightly misspoke. I mean, that was more late 90s, but you didn't start seeing, like, theatrical-esque stage shows, you know, outside of, like, Pink Floyd in the 70s, right? Until guys like Rammstein started setting everything on fire. And a couple of wild clowns from friggin' Detroit started friggin' throwing Fago on their audiences. And it became a thing, you know what I mean? Like a lot of time when in the early to mid nineties, going to a concert was like you just kind of watched, you just kind of watched, you know, your your band perform. That is that does look pretty cool, actually. That does look pretty cool. I can see that. That's interesting. It 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 was incredible. It was and and, you know we're we're talking about like we're going into the two thousands and the future was coming. So there were so many, you know, you still had bands like okay, so Slipknot was fucking. Selling out in their infancy. they were in their infancy, but they were yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but even yep. in the, even in their infancy, they were like holy shit. You know, yeah. they they came out and um, they actually filmed Wait and Bleed in New Jersey um, uh-huh. for their Ozfest. That was their that was their breakthrough. That was their breakthrough single. I remember when they hit. I remember when they first hit. It was Wait to Bleed. Like there's a douche. I remember that. Fred, there's what's that? What's Fred, Fred there's there's a douche. Um, I remember, yeah. Like, like I, I think we yeah. talked about this before, like our first concerts. Like my first one was the. I'm looking at the set list from the first show I went to. It was Filter, Fuel, Fuel Man, Marcy mm-hmm. Playground, Moby, Our Lady yeah. Peace, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was my All first. Right. Show. I don't remember a goddamn. That thing was your about first concert. It. That was my first concert, and I don't remember much of it. I, I do remember the Red Hot Chili Peppers playing four songs and people getting pissed off and. That was pretty much it. But I remember, yeah. but I remember the year after Deftones played that year, and they had a rotating stage. Okay. Like whenever the one band was done, they were like, "Okay, spin the like, stage." The stage would spin. The next band would play, and then it it, 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 it was cool. It was cool. Concerts, man. Um, well, it it didn't it didn't used to be it didn't used to be this big, gigantic production every time. Like I think people expect that nowadays. When I was a kid. You know, teenager going to concert, my going to my first concerts. A lot of the time, all you got was the band members and their instruments, and maybe the lead singer. You know, had like a cool, you know, uh, microphone or something. But that'd be about it. And then they just went out there and they played and they sang and they did their thing. It wasn't necessarily bad, but by today's standard, it'd be considered boring. It, you know, like that's funny that you say what, um, what? Mike, Mike, fun, uh, cool microphone too, because that was Jonathan Davis's thing in Corn. He had that. Oh yeah, fucking microphone. Yeah, the, uh, the HR Geiger. Yeah, the HR Geiger design uh, microphone yeah. Uh, stand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Some people, you know, then you got then you had um, K 
Kerry King with his guitar, and then you had. Uh, Dude, I was literally just about to bring up Slayer because I got to the last concert. I literally the last concert I've been to was in November of 2019, up in Colorado Springs. I got to see Slayer on the final leg of their final world tour, and holy fucking shit. Can those old men still fucking rock, dude? Like it was bad. That was like to me that like I love the Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood was actually one of my. I'm not Rain and Blood. Um, Rain and Blood. Was, uh, what was the name of that song from God Hates Us All? Um, oh, it's Disciple. D- Disciple. Yeah. Disciple. God, God hates us, us all. all. That's on my phone, dude. Like I literally have like. That's like the that's like the save screen on my phone. It says just says God hates us all. Like just as a reminder, you know what I mean. Like just so, in case I ever forget. Like <laughs> I remember, I got to see Fear Factory and uh, the first song they they opened up with right, with Rain and Blood. Fear Factory, man. Fear Factory was a was a tremendous band. They and the, they were so big, but they would play these small venues, and they they loved it. Uh, oh man, those were the days, man. Those were the yep. fuck, man. Yep. We. Bring it back, bring it. Back, you know, but yeah. we're getting there. We're getting there. Are we doing a gaming podcast or a music podcast? Because right. we've been those, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been nerding out. We've been nerding out for like thirty minutes on this. Yeah, so <laughs> some good music is good now too. Uh, right uh, in Dece- December, of, we- December of two thousand nineteen, we saw our last night. Was that nineteen? Yeah, we saw. Uh, it was like November, December, two thousand nineteen. We saw this one band our last night. Um, it was, and that one band, two of the bands I never even heard of, but we saw them at Webster Hall. And what the fuck? The the fucking bass player of the main band decided to play a whole song in the crowd, like in the mosh pit, and people were fucking bumping into That's him. Badass. And, you know, That's badass. That's you know, awesome. It just goes to show you don't need a big show. You just need. Some lights, because the lights do all the fucking work for you now. Yeah, right. True. Yeah, you know. Um, the the last show that I saw was The Dead with uh, John Mayer playing guitar, uh, which oh, was wow. a great. Wow. You're a grateful fan. Like The Dead are well, at least were before COVID. Uh, they're firing on all cylinders. But uh, with that bass player in the mosh pit thing, I saw Bush a couple of years back. Oh, Bush, wow. And Gavin Rosdale is a performer, man. Oh, yeah. I was never a big fan of that band. I really wasn't. I liked some of their stuff, but I was never. They had a couple of good songs. Yeah, they had, really a good, they had a couple of good songs. But yeah. man, it, was like a, it was a, a list of hits. Every song, every song he played was a hit, and he got all jumping up and down, pouring sweat. I mean, he hadn't lost a step, and uh, one of the songs, he did the same thing, got, grabbed his mic, jumped down, ran through the crowd. Everybody's hugging him and high-fiving him, and he runs all the way to the back. Because this is, granted, this is in Charlotte, but it's um, it's kind of like a venue outside of the, the, the Fillmore Music Pavilion there. There's a couple of smaller venues right in that same complex, and it's kind of about the size you would expect to see, like a really really good regional band you know like not not bush um and so it was packed and there's tables in the back and bars all around uh on the inside of the building so he runs all the way back he's high-fiving people 
um, they're trying to sing into the mic and stuff, and he jumps up on the table and sings the whole song way in the back where everybody couldn't get close. Man, it, it was cool. And then he just comes running back up. The security helped him get back to the stage. But um, it was good shit, man. Like, good performers like that. He's you a great there, actor, too. Uh, He's a great actor, too, Gavin Rosdale. He, um, had, 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 What's he been? Um, Constantine with Keanu Reeves. He played uh, the devil's son, Belzebub. What? I didn't fucking know that. Yeah. Didn't know that either. Yeah, he's a very. I remember. And there's a the little scene that he's in. He actually has his face like split, and you can see like his devil side. And I always said that motherfucker should be Two Face. <laughs> right, uh, right, man. That's funny. Actually, that so is I saw, funny. I saw, I saw Bush with uh with Stained. Wow. Yeah. Stain don't even exist. Stain don't even exist right. anymore. That's another fucking man. Oh, I saw them with uh, it was Bush, Seether, and Stain. Yep. Either, huh? yeah. yeah. So my very first concert was um, Zach Wilde's band Pride and Glory before he did um, Wow Black Label Society, and then it yeah, was, BLS. Yeah. And then it was Ted Nugent, and then it was Leonard Skinner, like all in the same show. Oh shit! Cool. Yeah. That's oh, cool. Shit. Actually, I actually got a one, one of the first albums I bought after I joined the army, because they had it for some reason at the PX was was a BLS album, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh fuck yeah, Black Label Society, let's fucking do this. So I fucking got that shit, took it home, it was like you know ten bucks or whatever. But like, I've been I, I still have it in my CD case. I literally right. still have it in my Put CD in New Jersey like, on the map. <laughs> Zach, dude, Zach Wild is. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was still guitaring for Ozzy on that tour that me and Sean saw in 1995, if I'm not no, mistaken. The, uh, was he not? No, he had a, a kind of a one-off guitar player at the time that I saw him, so maybe it wasn't the same show. But it was some guy named Joe somebody. He had dark hair, always wore dark sunglasses, and he was only in Ozzy for a year. I was going to say, I'd have to look it up, you know, because between like Randy Rhodes and Zach Wilde, it's like Ozzy also helped propel other people to their own great careers, you know what I mean? Just by virtue of being, being, Jake, being in Black Sabbath or being that's so Ozzy, you know? Yeah, he was great, man. Um, it, Zach kind of steals all the thunder, man. Except for Randy. Randy's a mythical legend, um, but Zach is uh, Zach will always be affiliated with Ozzy. Like he is I, the Ozzy, in my opinion. Anyway, I just watched. I, I don't. Dis- I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. I just watched a video of them performing Mr. Crowley because uh, I watched the old. I watched an old version with with Randy Rhodes playing, which wasn't up to speed, and I was just like, I need something faster. Oh. My wife was saying that, and then uh, we I they, I found the video with uh, Zach Wild playing. It was just like, all right, here we go, Mr. Yeah. Crowley. You should come. You should come sing karaoke at my uh, VFW, John. We have a good time. We have a good time. I'm good, I'm good at imitating, imitating singing voices. That's all. That's all karaoke is. <laughs> you just imitate. You find you find the song that you can sing and, and carry a tune to, and you sing that. Yeah. That's all karaoke. is. My first CD that I ever bought was uh, "And Justice for All" by Metallica. Oh, <laughs> nice. Shit. Nice. It's funny you say that my first CD I ever bought was actually, and then there was X by DMX, who just died. Just <laughs> just died. Yeah. Ago. yeah, just that, that was the first CD. Here's how it, how, baby, 
uh, my first CD that I bought, that Injustice, it came in a big cardboard uh, rectangular box. That's how CDs came back then for all you young fuckers out there. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I was so happy when I got my new car, when I, when I got my new car last year, that it still has a, a, a fucking CD player. Cause I, so now I can still play my CDs, right? Because I, I still have fucking CDs. Because I, like, I never grew up. So. It's funny, too, because I had someone just at work just the other day ask me for one of those cassette things that you connect to your CD player. And I just looked at them. Yeah. And I'm like, surprisingly, we do sell those. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they still exist. Yeah. I used that for years. Like I had a cassette deck, and you you like put put the the fake cassette in, and you attach it to your CD player. But then you can play your CD over your car stereo. Like I had one of those for years, for yeah. years and years. And, and, and those. people got smart, and they made uh, FM modulators, which beautiful. I've got one of those in my car right now. That's what I have in my car right now. That's what I use to play off my phone. Yeah, while we're talking about uh, digital, actually, do you guys want to see a trailer? You guys want to see a trailer? Sure. Yeah. No, why not? Why not? What's it's, it about? It's called Assault on VA33. It's right. Assault on... Okay. Let's do it. I'll send you guys the link real quick. I'll put it on the screen here, and then we'll go on about fucking E3. Um, from what I'm hearing, this movie is made by a veteran. There you go. All right, I'm, I'm going to mute my microphone real quick and watch this real quick. And I guess we'll talk about it here in a second, right? Yep, uh, it says decorated veteran and PTSD sufferer Jason Hill meets his wife Jennifer Falunch at the Veterans Affair Hospital where she works. When she is called away for an emergency consultation uh, with the head of the U.S. military chief of staff, the hospital is taken hostage by terrorists. Jason becomes the last line of defense and must battle the terrorists and his own PTSD-induced demons to save his wife, the general, the hospital staff, and the patients. this up so everyone can see it all right i'm, I'm gonna play it in three two one and go police emergency line yeah i'd like to report some suspicious activity at the va hospital can i help you gentlemen hey there i don't know what you want you're not gonna get it. We'll see. Chief! There's been an assault on VA 33. This man is a terrorist. I saw multiple men with weapons. Something is going on here. People are gonna die. They know you're there? No. We have a guy out here. This guy's being a real pain. You have no idea how much trouble you're in. We do not negotiate with terrorists. There are innocent people in there. One shot for the kill. Daryl? Daryl, come in. Hey, hey!
All right. All right. Maybe. I'll give it a solid maybe. <laughs> yeah, and, hey, if it's if it's his first movie, I mean, we gotta give we gotta give it a shot. I mean, the the concept the concept looks pretty cool. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it's a little bit tropish, but at the same time, like I can't say no. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those. Okay, I turn on Netflix. I got nothing else to watch, you know, and you know, yeah. make some popcorn, lay, lay in bed, you know, kill a couple hours, you know, with like a, po- a good popcorn movie. You know what I mean? Like that's that I call the I call movies like that popcorn movies. It's like the movie it's it's not it's not gonna win Oscars, but you're into it. You're into it for the couple hours and then you know you were entertained basically. Like like are you are you not entertained? Right? Like that's it's entertain it looks like an entertaining movie. It'll keep you probably engaged for a couple hours, right? Like watching watching one man wreck shop on a, a very, you know, organized terrorist unit that somehow killed a bunch of military people at the beginning, but it took this one guy to make it happen. It you know? Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Sounds it, like something that could have taken place in Nakatomi Tower. Nakatomi Tower on Christmas. <laughs> Best Christmas movie ever. <laughs> it is a Christmas movie. I don't care what anybody says. And Harry Potter they're, is they're, too. They're, they're fooling themselves that they think it's not. They're fooling themselves and they think it's not. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm definitely going to watch that movie, though. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very critical with films. You know, the acting looked a little funny. You know what I mean? You know, but, hey, every, everyone's going to start somewhere. But, hey, you know what? I'll never say no to a military movie. You know, so, especially the shows. You know, some of these shows, I've said it plenty of times. That show six, which is two seasons long on history, with, um, uh-huh. with actually the actor who plays Captain Price. He he's the main guy in the in, in the show. Oh nice. man, he you know these shows. Some of these shows get it right. Some of these shows get it wrong. I can't even watch Hurt Locker the same way any, anymore. You oh, know. dude, I I still to this day like it boggles my mind that it, it won Best Picture because like when I watched it, I was like, okay, decent movie, I guess. Like I was kind of entertained, cool. And then after I joined the army, I was like. All you see is all the mistakes, and it's like whoever whoever their military advisor was just needs to be taken out behind the shed, probably. You know, because like so many tactical and technical errors in that movie that it just it's hard to watch now. You know, in the future, you know, but it won Best Picture that year, and oh, and 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 now it's in the congressional uh, what are they the Hall of Records or whatever? Like it's. Yeah. It's it's considered a historical movie now, and it's like it was so wrong. Like everything. There's only, three, there's only three films that I think got it right, in my opinion. I've seen um, number one is the series Band of Brothers. Number two, Saving Private Ryan, and number three, Act of Valor. Duh, because it was made yeah. by like actual service members. So, Did you, Sean? Have you seen Generation Kill, the miniseries? No. Oh, dude, you need to watch it. It's about se- it's seven episodes long. Uh, it, it was made by HBO uh, back in the day. It's about it. It's it's based off a book. So a, a Rolling Stone reporter got embedded with a, a a platoon, an outfit of Marine Force Recon during the in the 2003 invasion of Iraq. Bro, you need, if you like band, you like talk Band of Brothers. Like Generation Kill is like our generation's like no shit. Like you need to, you really need to check that one out, dude. Because that that one's up there too. I, I I don't disagree with any of 
any of the ones you said, that Generation Kill, you need to see that. You really, really need to see that. Band of Brothers is so goddamn good, too. The what? Band of Brothers is so goddamn good. Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen it, man. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I actually got here. Uh, where is it? It's not Band of Brothers. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, I see it. Uh, I got this from... Got it? Got, got oh, it? Shit. Yeah, I got this from... Uh, DD214 member Sean Mangan not too long ago. It's the whole he knows I'm I'm a fucking like World War II buff. I got this 10 DVD. What? It, it just keeps opening. It doesn't stop. <laughs> God wow. damn, dude. But yeah, it's like a whole 10 DVD. I think most of it's in black and white too. It's like uh, some like the old original um, things that came out for World War II. They all put it into like a 10 dvd thing i'm such a sucker for this shit i'm always learning something new about it but lately i've been diving now into the the gulf war yeah yeah you know and it's well we've talked about it on here before too i mean it's i know our generation is a little bit different than some of our preceding uh military generations i know back in the day it wasn't always necessarily kosher to talk about stuff uh after you came home um, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a big, it makes a, a big statement when we don't read our history, when we don't know about the people that came before us. And now as veterans, we are doing a great disservice, uh, to our comrades on the civilian side by not sharing our stories and by not telling them, you know, what we've done, where we've been, you know, what we've gone through. Uh, I'm not saying you know, you got to have a, a, a weepy conversation at the bar with a stranger just because he or she happened to sit down next to you and, you know, and drink a beer with you. I'm not saying that, but if we're not sharing our experiences, it gets lost to history, you know, and it's easy for those experiences to just kind of like blow, blow away like dust in the wind. You know, if we're not telling the people that we love, our friends, our family members, sometimes if, if they ask us questions, it's okay to answer them sometimes. You know, if, if, if you can talk about it, by all means, talk about it. Because some people want to know. And a lot of people don't have the experiences we've had um, because they never joined. And that's not a hit on them. That's just they don't know. And, you know, when we talk about movies like Hurt Locker and what a giant turd it is watching it now versus, like, when it won Best Picture and everybody thought it was... I made it probably about 30 minutes in the movie and was like, fuck this, man. This is stupid. Yeah, dude, it, it's, dude, it, it, it only gets worse, bro. It only gets worse. Like, there's stuff towards the end of the movie, Sean, where, like, you'd probably grit your teeth so hard that your, your fillings fill out. You know what I mean? Like, like seriously, dude, like, it, 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 like, it's bad. It's, like, when you watch it, when you watch it from, like, the military angle, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. Like, everything about it is wrong. Everything about that movie is wrong. And and it won fucking best bag. Like, that was Hollywood's idea of what the military was in Iraq with uh, with EOD personnel. Right? And it won fucking best picture. Like, how did it win? Like, ah. Uh, oh, okay, you're going to get Jay on one. Like, yeah, because it, it's, it's, it's offensive. It's offensive, like, how bad it is. Like, it really is. You're going like, to take all shit off and put his bandana on and sunglasses and, like, Oh, yeah. dude. 
Oh, you got like yeah, like a oh. bunch of bunch of contra- bunch of contractors are pinned down by a sniper, and then you're telling me the contractors are gonna hand their sniper their sniper weapon over to an EOD guy? Yeah. No, the fuck, they're not. Yeah. No, the finger, fuck, they're not. Like that, that, <laughs> no, no, like <laughs> yeah. So Eva Eva just brought up stripes. That's what she said. One of her favorite movies. That is classic. Dope. Love dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, great movie. And yet, gentlemen, uh, we're now here. Jay, it is your turn to take the realms for the final thought. Okay, um, appreciate that. Well, um, we made another week, so let's make it one more. Yeah. Um, if you're ever in a place where you're questioning everything and you don't think you're going to make it another day, stay up all night, watch the sun come up. And I promise you, when you see that sun come up, uh, it'll give you hope for the next day. Because that means you made it through another day that you thought you weren't going to make it through. And now you can make it one more. Um, I know life gets really, really difficult sometimes in all of our respective lives, obviously, everybody. But some people suffer a lot more. And a lot of them suffer in silence. So I always say pick up the phone. Just call somebody. Um If you're getting a random phone call at 2.30 in the morning from somebody you haven't talked to in three or four years, answer the phone. Sorry sorry they woke you up. Sorry they woke you up, but answer the phone. Pick it up. They're they're, they're not calling for no reason. Yeah, you might be getting drunk dialed. I get it. But sometimes we drunk dial the homies too just to fucking hear a a goddamn comfortable voice, you know, just so we can hear a good voice in our head sometimes. So I just want to encourage everybody to – Remember that there, there, there is no secret to life. The only secret to life is to live to see another day. So keep keep the good people on speed dial and take care of yourselves personally, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever, whatever gets you gets you through. Take care of yourselves. And uh, as my good buddy Sean Stutes always says, nobody ever made a good decision when this drug is involved right here. This drug right here is the, is the ruination of of worlds. So if if you have been imbibing and maybe you weren't quite as responsible that night, please sleep it off before you make any hasty decisions and pick up that phone um, and call somebody because there are people out there that love you and there are people out there that want to see you get gray and old, okay? Like we're going to be all, like we're all going to be soon. So we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for everything. Uh, Always. We will see you guys again next week, next Sunday. One week, guys. Love you. Yeah.